Athletes don't always get to control their own narratives. It's got a lot more to do with what the media says, what TV broadcasts say. But Jay Ward took control of his own narrative, took control of a lot of things, uh, and chased what he wanted. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like that on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. And a special shout out to my hashtag everydayers. Sound off if you can. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, uh, including YouTube, but any other audio platform is good as well. You can also find it on, on Amazon Fire or Roku, and now actually the Sirius XM app. So uh, that's pretty cool. We're on Sirius. That rocks. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp con- connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off of your first month. Uh, we are continuing today with the Everyman series. We'll talk about the path that Jay Ward took toward kind of becoming that Swiss Army knife type guy at uh, LSU that that he was. And at the end of the show, uh, we'll talk to Caroline Fenton, who does Locked On LSU, and she'll tell us a little bit about Jay Ward from her perspective. But I want to rewind way further beyond that. Jay Ward went to Colquitt County High School. He's from Moultrie, Georgia. Georgia. Uh, he was a regional track champion there, but I actually want to take you to the 7A Georgia State High School Football Championship in which the Colquitt County Packers were playing the Milton Eagles. This was Jay Ward's senior season. This is the last football game he would play in high school. Uh, and at the time, he was very, very committed to becoming a Kentucky Wildcat. He had Kentucky had had pushed really hard for him as uh, d- throughout the entire recruiting process, and he was all but guaranteed to be a Kentucky Wildcat. Um, <laughs> you might know, you you might be able to guess something goes wrong here, and and I do think that this game played at Mercedes Benz Stadium uh, has a lot to do with it. In that game. Jay Ward's defense, that Colquitt County defense, had done well. They held the Milton Eagles to just 14 points. Problem was, Colquitt County only scored 13. Uh, And they were trailing by that one point deep in the fourth quarter. And all Jay Ward could do was stand on the sideline, watch his teammate, his kicker, warm up, and hope the offense could hold up its end of the bargain. Uh, It's second and ten. They are driving in Eagle territory, but the quarterback takes a a bad sack and it sets up a third and 13. And ultimately, they can't dig out of the hole. Uh, Third down, incomplete. Fourth down, check down, trying to do a catch and run thing. Ball carrier gets swarmed. Milton Eagles take over. There's nothing Jay Ward can do about it, but he is robbed of that championship that he wanted so bad, that he was so close to that he could taste it. One point 
away, but instead he's watching the Milton Eagles, who were huge underdogs in that game, by the way. His own team was favored and they blew it. Uh, that is a sting. I mean, we're Vikings fans. We know what that feels like, but to be on the field for it too, it hurts. But the show must go on, right? Life goes on. Everybody's got to go to work on Monday. And so it's time to look at what we're going to do in college here. And, you know, like I said, Jay Ward has kind of already made this choice. He's going to go to Kentucky. And it's a good opportunity there as well. They have a whole bunch of seniors that are going pro at the cornerback position. So, like, there's going to be an opportunity to start uh, as, a, as a true freshman. That's a fantastic opportunity at a Power 5 school. But, man, it stings <laughs> that that burning desire for a championship sure is a compelling ingredient in this last minute switch that Jay Ward will make. LSU makes a late push. And when I say late push, I mean like the night before national signing day, LSU is making a push. I should also mention uh, Florida and Texas A&M were in the mix, but I, I think those two schools were really the big ones. It, it, is this really pivotal crossroads, I think, in Jay Ward's career, where he has to choose between a, a true opportunity to start, like the best opportunity for himself versus the best opportunity to win. I think that's a really hard choice, and I don't think there's a right answer to that. Um, he ends up going with the best opportunity to win, but he has to play special teams. They... The LSU corner class, that LSU recruiting class was insane, by the way. That was Derek Stingley, uh, Cordell Flott. I think both those guys got drafted. Or, well, I mean, yeah, Stingley goes top five. I think Cordell Flott got drafted. I think he was like a, a seventh rounder or something. Um, they also had another junior that was starting there. So he, he did not get in uh, really at all from scrimmage as a true freshman, but he, he did play a special teams role, and he got that ring. He got to hoist that trophy, uh, and be a part of that team playing alongside Derek Stingley for most of his career. And then everything gets unprecedented again. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting chapter in all of these stories uh, as 2020 hits for Jay Ward. It's a lot less about COVID in the environment of the, of the season. It didn't really throw him off. Like it threw off a lot of guys, but uh, his journey through that 2020 season is an arduous one. Um, and don't forget, we are still talking to Caroline Fenton later in the show as well. But before I get into any of that, a word from today's sponsor, which is BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is online therapy made easy. There are a lot of things that prevent people from getting into therapy, especially for, for us, us fellas, for dudes, because it's got a little bit of a stigma as this like weak thing for weak people. And, and that's just not true. It's maintenance. It's a healthy thing uh, that can help you become the best version of yourself. And I think we should all be interested in that. But it can also be difficult to find time for an appointment to get somewhere in person. And that's kind of where BetterHelp comes in. You can set up uh, fully remote therapy sessions. You can do it by phone, by video conference, whatever you're comfortable with. And you can get set up with a whole bunch of different consults and bounce between therapists if you don't like one. If you find a therapist on BetterHelp, you don't like what you're getting, try a different one. And you can uh, use BetterHelp to find someone that actually jives with you and uh, can get you what you need. So find more 
balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Thanks again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Another shout out to my hashtag, Everydayers. Uh, for your second listen, you should go check out the history doc on patreon.com slash Luke Braun NFL. Watch more than a listen. Uh, but I think it is actually kind of listenable. It's seven episodes. They average an hour each. It's like a whole season of TV. So, so strap in and enjoy the entire history of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, in some Vikings news, I guess, uh, Joe Cap passed away on Monday and the, that that is probably like the singular guy that I learned the most that that I enjoyed learning about the most when I made that uh, documentary series last year. There is an episode of Locked On Vikings about Joe Cap that still gets comments on YouTube like every week, uh, so you could go check that out as well. But uh, the segment about Joe, Joe Cap is one that I'm particularly proud of and, and the way that Joe Cap kind of became a protagonist of that era of the Vikings of sort of the late sixties uh, Vikings all the way through the, of course the 69 season. Um, but today we're talking about Jay Ward and we pick back up in 2020 where look, if you didn't already get it, Jay Ward is a guy that wants to play and he wants to win. Right. Um, that is, I think, the 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 priority system is rooted in a love of the game um, more than in any kind of self-preservation. Not that there would be anything wrong with that, but it's kind of just the way it seems like Jay Ward is wired. And so while you see a lot of college players sit out 2020, use their extra, you know, eligibility year and stuff, which is perfectly valid. And that's, that's great for them. Jay Ward can't do it. He's got to play. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's not going to start again here. He's not slated to start again, but week one, 2020, Derek Stingley hospitalized with an illness. Um, I, as far as I can tell, that wasn't a COVID illness, but it doesn't matter. He's not there, uh, to play and Jay Ward has to go in and it's a mess. It's a total disaster. Uh, that, game i mean mississippi state's putting up records on on the lsu defense week one defending championship and they totally crap themselves in the secondary now that what what i will say about this and i i couldn't really find um the actual clips in question it's all written about very vaguely anyways um but the safeties in those moments busted some coverages and left a lot of big, long passes down the sideline with Jay Ward trailing in coverage and looking like he got burned. But some of that might not been not, might not have been his fault. But I think there's still enough mistakes to say, look, not the, not the great the greatest moment. And this is where the narrative turns on him. Uh, the, the narrative gets out of his control and he is a public enemy he is the guy that ruined lsu he's the guy that can't keep up um you know a sophomore wasn't really ready to go in had to go in had a bad day so let's run her back shall we <laughs> um still there's like injury issues as well in the secondary so j ward has to go in again the next week uh against arkansas but that's an opportunity you know, redemption's on the mind a little bit. So we'll go to the 
end of the fourth quarter, protecting a three-point lead. It's 27-24, LSU is leading. And they get a third down pass. Jay Ward reads it, breaks on it, breaks it up. They're going to go to fourth down, but they're already in field goal range. So they're going to line up to kick. So Jay Ward staying on the field. He's on the kick, the, the field goal block unit. He lines up on the edge, screams off it, totally explodes it, times the snap count perfectly, and gets those long arms out there uh, and gets a hand on the on the kick. Thing falls 15 yards short. LSU wins. That's flipping the narrative. That is retaking what is yours, which is uh, your reputation. Um, the other thing you might remember from Jay Ward, uh, at least in that season, happened later in a game that people might still talk about sometimes, LSU versus Florida that year, which Florida had a good team and maybe could have gone to the college football playoff were it not for this game, uh, which they would end up losing. Part of that was a bananas red zone interception. It was a Kyle Trask pass uh, late to the sideline and Jay Ward dives out for it and squeezes that window. So it like has to be exactly on the sideline, but the pass is a little bit too late. Wide receivers already out of bounds. So he has to like kind of reach back and get a hand on it. It tips up um, as he's, as the, the receiver's trying to like make a play, it tips up hits an LSU teammate's helmet, bounces up, and Jay Ward, who I remind you, dove at the ball. Like, he laid all the way out trying to get a hand on that ball. By this point in the play, he he is landed. He has to get up onto his knees, reestablish those knees in bounds, catch the ball, and keep the knees in bounds. It's absolutely bananas. You just look up Jay Ward, Florida interception. You'll see. I, I could find at least one grainy video of it on YouTube, but of course, you know, it's all over Twitter as well. Um, one of the craziest plays I have ever seen. And you might have completely forgotten about it, even if you watched that game, uh, until I had to remind you, because the real thing people talk about with the 2020 LSU Florida game is how it ended. Marco Wilson on Florida uh, threw a shoe. It was a, it led to a penalty that basically led to Florida losing the game and Florida losing that game led to them missing the college football playoff uh, total bonehead thing. And it was the thing that everybody talked about on every sports talk show for the rest of time <laughs> for the rest of that, that whole season. That was the thing you make the play of your life. And even though, you, you know, he, he took back his narrative a little bit, he got interceptions, he played well down the stretch of that 2020 season, you make the play of your life and you're not even the headline. Sometimes it just breaks that way. Just bad luck. Um, but like I said, that season only got better for Jay Ward. Uh, that brings us to 2021, where the Tigers still have Derek Stingley, who's in his final year by now. They have Cordell Flott, who came in the same year. Um, but they don't have any safeties. Their one uh, returning safety goes to the transfer portal and they're down to freshmen. So they move Jay Ward and now it's time for him to, you know, learn a new position, play a different thing. And that's what he would, he would be, I guess, nominally for the last two years of his time at LSU. Uh, and that's where he starts to move around and starts to be more of a Swiss army knife and all of that stuff. But for all of that, um, more recent stuff. I figure at this point we can just turn this over to Caroline. So uh, here is the interview that I recorded earlier with Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU. 
All right, everybody here with Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU. Very familiar with two of our draft picks because the Vikings apparently only decided to take people from two schools. And one of those schools was LSU. Uh, go Tigers. So let's start with the first pick, which was Jay Ward safety linebacker. What do you even call him? <laughs> Tech, and thank you for having me on. It feels like Minnesota is quickly becoming LSU 2.0. Patrick Peterson yeah. for the longest time. Of Skull. course, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. 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 Love purple. Live gold. Oh, E-A-U-X-L. Love that. Yeah, skull. Yeah. on up there in Minnesota. Love it. Um, okay, so Jay Ward. He is defensive back extraordinaire. Um, served as a safety this past season for LSU, but initially came in. His first season was 2019, which if you know, you're familiar with 2019 LSU, pretty yeah. exciting freshman season for sure. him. Came in as a corner and moved over to safety in 2021. So really, he can play both. He's an incredibly versatile defensive back. He has played both throughout his career at LSU. He played both in a single game this past season at LSU in a single season. You know, corners were hurt. He needed to step up, and that's exactly what he did. And if you're familiar with safeties that have come out of LSU before, don't think of Jay Ward as like a Jamal Adams type of guy or type of build. Jamal Adams was a true box safety. He was more of like your safety mm -hmm. linebacker kind of hybrid. Jay Ward isn't necessarily built like that. He's not as big as, uh, as Jamal Adams was, but he's incredibly tall. He's long. He has the stereotypical or prototypical rather size that you would want in a safety or a corner. And he can play both depending where you really want him to play. Incredibly versatile and is happy to play both. At least that's what he showed in college. Gotcha. And yeah, and we have, and that'll probably be huge um, as a as yes. a day three pick. Um, totally, especially you know to to start out. We have Brian Flores who loves to take DBs and kind of put them everywhere. Yeah. So the line between like corner and safety, I think, does get a little blurred, which means you know call him whatever, right? He'll 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 do his job. Um, it, it's a really big matchup hunting thing. We're trying to find, you know, who matches up with the with the George Kittles of the world, who matches up with the flashy running backs of the world and stuff. So what is that answer for Jay Ward? Like what what kind of offensive threat are you like? Oh, this is fine. We have Jay Ward. Yeah, I would say just think about the wide receivers that he went up against in practice throughout the entirety of his LSU career. Think about the wide receivers that he was going up against every single Saturday, week in and week out. I mean, some of the top receivers in the NFL, sure. if they didn't come from LSU, they came from another school in the SEC. So that's kind mm -hmm. of, I mean, Jay Ward has plenty of experience going up against some of the top receivers in the country, some of the top offensive players in the country. Of course, it's elevated to the next level and multiplied by a million once you're in the NFL, but it's not something that is new to Jay Ward. And I would say one thing that really helps him out is his height. That I think that, you know, what come what must or what goes up Which must six, come down. One? Yes, six one, six okay. two. And combined okay. with the size, well, I say he's not a Jamal Adams, like big bulky type. He has enough muscle and size on his frame to go up against wide receivers or more of those, those bigger tight ends that you might find the George Kittles of the world. So um, Jay Ward, he's not going to be a day one starter in the defensive back room, nor do I think he's going to be a, a breakout corner or safety in year one. But I do think that Jay Ward has certain traits that he can develop into being a really reliable starter and a guy that you're like, oh, we need somebody to do this. Jay can do it.
Gotcha. Yeah. And that sort of Swiss army knife, that versatility, that's what uh, Kwesi talked about the whole way. They had uh, apparently like three different scouts watch him and they all labeled him a different position, but they all called him a starter at that position, which is a, a really cool detail. So a lot of people really high on totally different parts of his game. Um, but let's kind of talk about his game, his style of play. I know he's a very downhill kind of a, you know, point and shoot missile kind of guy. Um, is that, I mean, am I on the right track there? I would say so. Yes. I would say that he is one of those guys that you give him an assignment and he is going to go through it all the way through the whistle. And I think that he is absolutely one of those guys that, you know, wherever you need him to go, whatever you need him to do, whoever he's going to go after, he's going to go after a hundred percent. Now, if you, you know, put him one-on-one with a George Kittle I probably feel pretty good about who's going to win that matchup, and it's not going to be a Jay Ward, but it's not the kind gotcha. of matchup that would be intimidating. Got you. And and it seemed a little bit like I haven't watched a ton of him yet. I think I've only gotten to like two-thirds of a game. Um, but from what little I've seen, it, it seems like he's at his most comfortable kind of at an alignment, maybe even uh, sort of watch the QB's eye zone kind of thing, find the ball, and then like kind of trigger toward it at, and get an angle rather than doing the like man coverage kind of more finesse try to stick hip to hip with the guy. And that's kind of what LSU's defense was as a whole this past season. Sure. I don't know if that's what it wants to be every single year, but just given the personnel that LSU had this past year, I could label that hybrid jack of all trades, very versatile label on several of LSU's top defenders this past year, Harold Perkins, B.J. Delari, Jay Ward being one of them. So I think that just kind of fit into the system that LSU wanted to run was, you know, Harold Perkins, linebacker, he could drop into coverage and act, kind of act as a safety. Jay Ward could kind of do the same thing. He could play up a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. He could drop back and play more one-on-one, -on -one, play more man. So I think that that kind of lends to all of their strengths and also to Jay Ward's as well, that he can – he can play around the field a little bit. You don't need to give him a five to 10 yard box. You know, he can play more of that zone and he can play up a little bit more to the line of scrimmage and he's not afraid to get his hand in the dirt. Gotcha. Yeah. He's like very, very physical, perhaps too much. So I, if, as I understand, maybe he got some penalties for that. Yeah. Maybe too much. So definitely uh, was a, was a penalty problem this past season, yeah. but it wasn't the kind of thing that I viewed like, you know how there's some guys that you just look at, like, look, man, like you're hurting the team more than you're helping it. That's not how I would label Jay Ward. I would say a lot of the penalties that were drawn on on him this past season were special teams penalties. And if you're unfamiliar mm. with LSU special teams this past season, it was one of the worst in college football. And that that's oh, not no. exaggeration. It was ranked one of the lowest in college football. It was one of the biggest Achilles heels of LSU this past season. It was part of the coaching, was part of the problem. Um, so I would say, you know, don't be too alarmed and too afraid about some of the, the flags that were thrown on Jay Ward this past season. Some of those were just special teams coaching mistakes. Um, but definitely, you know, that's, that's part of the downside of one of those guys. that's just so tough and physical. Sometimes those flags are drawn, but give me the physical guy any day of the week. And then you can refine some of those things to make sure that it's, it's a clean play. Got you. And then before we move on to the next guy. Uh, I'm kind of going to ask this about every prospect. What's something I'll watch some tape on Jay Ward, you know, I'll, I'll get to know the general consensus around him, but what won't I learn with that, that I need to know? Like what's something that the world needs to know about Jay world, Jay Ward, that, that people aren't really talking about enough. 
I would say he's a, he was a leader on this team and not in the way that you would see him yelling and screaming on the sidelines, not in the way that he would be incredibly animated in post-game interviews or, you know, in, in pre, uh, in pre game press conferences. He wasn't one of those guys that was, Oh my goodness. You know, he, if you need an interview, go to Jay Ward, but he was a very silent leader in the way that, I think a lot of the guys that were on the team before Brian Kelly came on that 2019 team specifically, a lot of those players took it upon themselves to kind of to carry that tradition of LSU football, to kind of be leaders culturally amongst LSU football. Um, because Brian Kelly coming in, of course, he brings in his own culture. Of course, he brings in his own expectations. But a lot of those leaders and a lot of the veteran guys on the team, Jay Ward being one of them, really took it upon themselves to continue the kind of the culture and the uh, and the traditions of LSU football. And that's exactly what Jay Ward did. And I think his versatility on the field just kind of proves the kind of guy that he is in the locker room. It's like, what's best for the team? Whatever I have to do, as long as that's what's best for the football team, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So Jay Ward, I think, is just um, a, a, the kind of guy that you want to have in your locker room. Thanks again to Caroline. I also did one about Jaqueline and Roy, which I'll uh, get to you sooner rather than later. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Vikings podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll do Jaquel and Roy next. I also have a an interview with one of the Vikings undrafted free agents that I'm excited to bring to you. So pretty cool stuff coming up on the rest of this week's uh, Locked On Vikingses. And we'll just kind of keep going with stuff like this. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.